0: thanks for listening to this episode of the steve mathis show search pulp mx in the itunes store to find the more than 200 episode archive or get the pulp mx app for your iphone for the complete pulp mx fix
1: Welcome to the BTO Sports.com Racer RacerX Podcast Show. As always, we thank BTO Sports for making these things possible. And uh, the three musketeers are back after a little while off. Uh, myself, uh, Steve Mathis, uh, Jason Wagant, Yeah. And David Pingree.
2: Off of assignment, back on duty here.
1: Back on duty. Uh, we we are back, and we are uh, we finally have all got our schedules together. And this is it. This is the uh, Silly Season Podcast Review. We... Kicked around a few different ideas here and there, guys, but I think people want to hear what, uh, maybe more, what you two think because who cares? You know, apparently now no one cares about myself, but people want to think what uh, what we think about some of these silly season moves. So uh, that's what's, that's the topic. What do you guys think? Let's tackle
3: it. I'm, I'm I'm all for. I don't care if you guys want to talk about making some wars. I'm just all about right doing a podcast again. Yeah, it's been, been
1: been two three weeks, maybe longer.
3: Um, oh, it's been longer than that. Well, remember, Pingree was on assignment for a long oh, time. Oh, yeah. So Ping- even the ones we did, we didn't even have Ping.
1: That's true. Ping was on assignment, I forgot, uh, up in the mountains of Peru, last heard. Peru. Um, uh, what do you guys want to start with? You want to start with, uh, and certainly some of this is old news, but we haven't really weighed in on it. Uh, what do you want to start with, JS7? You want to start with James Stewart? Is that, is that where we start?
3: Yeah, I think so, because I'm going to assume that the Ryan Dungey thing has been discussed to death at this point.
1: Wow, well, we should we, we can bring that up. Uh, yeah. Um, let's
3: go yeah, a, All right, Let's,
1: let's go with Dunge. Let's go, Dunge. Let's go Dunge. Let's first Dunge. That was,
3: the first, first thing. that was the first piece.
1: Yes, it was the first shoe drop. Uh, Ryan Dungy signs a two-year deal to go to KTM and uh, shows up the Monster Cup. Looks pretty good, uh, considering his uh, lack of time on the bike. Uh, I guess ping right off the bat, is this going to work? Is this move, uh, is this what Dungy's missing?
2: Well, I don't think this, this like him going to KTM now, all of a sudden he's going to be better than he was. But I think there's so many people riding him off going, oh, well, he just shot himself in the foot. He'll never, they've never won a race in that class. They're, you know, why, why would you do that? I just think it's a stupid move. And I think.
1: Never mind, never won they, a race, never podiumed even.
2: Well. Yeah, I, and, and so if you look at just the statistics, it's one thing, but they've also never had an effort like this. They've never had a crew like they have there now. And um, I think him coming out after, you know, two or three weeks on the bike and riding like he did at the Monster Cup, I you know, should have shut a lot of people up. And uh, they're going to have that thing dialed, and he'll be fast. Will he win titles? I don't know. It's going to be tough to beat Velopoto right now. He's on fire. Reed's going to be, you know, it's going to be a great bunch of guys racing again. But he'll be competitive, absolutely.
1: Yeah, I think the streak of no podiums on a KTM in the premier Supercross class definitely ends this year, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, I, I think it ends at Anaheim. D- okay. My guess.
1: Okay. Uh, Ping. Um, does he win races next year?
2: Um,
3: I think so.
1: Okay. Yep. Well, again.
3: Yeah, I think so. I think it'll happen. Um, like Ping said, I think the team is good enough to at least get the the thing somewhat competitive. I don't think it's going to be a complete disaster. So then if you count in Dungey just being in the hunt in general, like you assume he would be, bike's not going to be terrible. I didn't get a win, but I agree with Ping. I don't think it's like he's going to improve from where he was. He might even take a step back, but certainly he'll be good enough to, to maybe get a win and, and put the bike on the podium.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think I agree with that. I think, uh, yeah, I don't think he's better. This isn't the step up, but uh, yeah, he'll win and he'll podium, and he'll be there, in the mix. Does it surprise you guys that he was?
2: Uh, he he had just such blind faith and loyalty in Roger DeCosta that he would have followed him anywhere. I mean, if if DeCosta were taking a job at Husky, I would think, he be like, you know, on I'd, the cover of Chainsaw Weekly right now? I
1: think Is, if DeCosta would have took a job at Seven Eleven, I think if DeCosta would have took a job at Seven Eleven. You'd have uh, a Slurpee maker, Ryan Dungey, there, you know. Uh, It does surprise me. I mean, I just did a podcast with Mike Webb, and, uh, you know, he basically reiterated that fact that uh, it was just a cost or nothing for Ryan, and and, uh, it does, it did surprise me. You know, I I know from people that worked with Ryan last year, he did not like the bike. He did not think that Suzuki was that good of a bike, which surprises the crap out of me. But, I mean, this is the stuff that you talk yourself into, right, Ping, when you're looking for a contract?
0: Well,
2: it's just this game is so mental, you know, and so you're telling me that the bike that he rode, you know, the year he won everything, just was awesome, but this year it's a complete disaster. I mean, the thing hardly changed, and if, what, if, the, if the changes you made weren't good, you could, they could have easily gone, look, guys, put it back the way it was last year. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? And, yeah. and I, I find that hard to believe that all of a sudden the bike stuck, you know. Realistically, maybe he believed that it did and it wasn't working. But
1: mm-hmm.
2: I think a lot of that's got to be in his head. Uh, to me, I, the surprising thing was there was other spots he could have gone. You know, mm-hmm. uh, he was in talks with Honda, right? At, at some level, Um Brooks. He
3: just out. It was yeah, it was Roger DeCoster or nothing.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, JGR made a big run, and they were really disappointed because uh, he didn't even want to try the Yamaha. And I know that they were like, "Man, I know the Yamaha has a bad reputation, but." The KTM, like really? Yeah. So uh, yeah. Yeah. And the stranger thing is, it's like at, when this negotiation was going on, we didn't even know that <laughs> this 450 he's riding, this version, this new generation, did that thing even exist? <laughs> like he was signing on for a bike that didn't even exist yet.
1: Yeah, uh, I don't know. It was yeah. uh it was uh, it was a little bit strange. I think for sure, uh, good for KTM though. No. And-
2: I think that they had it developed because um, Ian had mentioned that it's already won a championship over in Germany or something, some you know small right. European series. But they had been running it, so my guess is he rode that bike, you know, at some stage in its development, you know, out at his little farm with no one around, <laughs> and, and rode it enough to go, okay, this isn't a complete pile, you know. <laughs> right, Roger. Yeah. If you tell me it'll be good by January, then cool
3: i did.
1: Right. Yeah.
3: Um, Ping, I'm going to ask, because you probably have a little better handle on, on how these production bikes become race bikes. KTM has never had any success ever in Supercross at all. Uh, they've, they've had hits and misses in motocross. Even in the United States, they've, they've gotten their act figured out at different times outdoors. You rode for them, you know that. Even when you rode for that team... Is there something like philosophically in the engineers way back there where they think motocross first and not supercross where clearly the Japanese bikes are adaptable to each and always have been um, is there anything there where well know, here's, even here's really- what I think it, it comes down to is that the
2: the Japanese companies have been rooted over here in the states long enough and done supercross for so long that the Japanese trust the American engineers and and what they're saying here you know American mm-hmm. riders have been the best in the sport for how long, you know? So if, if they say, Hey, we need this or we need that. The Japanese engineers, you know, listen and, and uh, rely on their feedback. Where I think with KTM, they've never really had a staff over here um, that they thought knew better than they did. They were winning world championships. Look, this, this stuff works. We're winning with it here in Europe, you know? So here it is. Use that. And I just don't think, you know, just because it works over there, it's just such a different type of racing, especially Supercross. I don't think the stuff that they were getting, the directions they were going, um, I don't think it was, you know, necessarily right. And, and Roger's got their ear now. You know, he he, he said that. He's like, these guys, I'm finally to a point, you know, with these guys where um, if I say, hey, that's not right, we need to go this direction, they'll listen to me. And, and he goes, it's great because it's a small enough company and, and focused enough on racing that, they can knock it. They can make a new part and have it in production in, in a very short period of time. Where that isn't the case with everybody. So, also, uh, uh, I think you're going to see a lot of progress from those guys. It's going to really exponentially get better and better uh, in the next couple of years.
1: Also, uh, as a guy that worked there for a couple of years, uh, KTM's first ever USA win, uh, tuned by me. Um, I think I really believe the no link suspension did. Uh, it just didn't work in Supercross. Whoops! It really didn't. Um, and, and it got worse as you added horsepower and weight to it. Uh, the the this, It was a it was a good design. It saved weight. It moved the shock to the side, which allowed the, you to have a straight shot of air going into the carburetor with no bends, and it gave the bike a lot of horsepower. I remember Ping we used to run big carburetors on those one twenty fives compared to everybody else. Yeah, um, forty
2: mil on a one twenty five. Yeah, right? and we would wow, get, and we would get away. Really?
1: With, we would get away with that yeah. with no problem because. It just sucks so much air because there's no shock to go around. Um, so the, the the design was great, and everything was great, but you could see the thing. It didn't work, in whoops! And I mean, and I can't tell you how many suspension guys that flew over from White Power WP. Sorry, I think I should use the proper politically correct term. Um, White Power. Like, who names their, their suspension company that?
3: <laughs> I know. Uh, how did you not touch that? I know, right? It's called White Power. Yeah. Man. Let's,
1: let's, let's do it. Uh, uh, I don't know how many people from uh, WP flew over, or people from Austria, or people from America that came over. Uh, you know, Kaipo, uh, Cowley's suspension guy, came right from Race Tech with an American-based Supercross background. I can't tell you how many people came over, had a shock settings to try, had different uh, rods that go in. There's a rod that goes inside with a taper on it, and it had two. The shock itself had two pistons in it, as opposed to a normal shock that has one piston moving up and down. This shock had two pistons, one speed sensitive, one position sensitive to where the shock was. And I can't tell you how many people came over with their own theories on on this bleed off needle that goes through the pistons and which piston does what, and and it nothing worked. Like nothing worked. <laughs> And and ping, you know, uh, it it, it was okay. It's it's just not the feel that you need. You know, that that no link
2: system is awesome for outdoor, like uh, for off road racing, when you're hitting tree stumps and roots, because it's a very dead feeling. And it's amazing for off road. It's amazing for sand when you want the back end to be real slow reacting and just sort of wallowy. That's why, and I think that's the thing is it's working in Europe on those high speed little choppy stuff and. Um, and sand, you know, Belgium, they'd kill it over
1: there. Yeah. No. They're like, oh, we're eating bongs and winning races. Blinces. <laughs> Blinces. Why is it not working in Supercross? <laughs> George Smets, he wins all the time. <laughs> why cannot Hanson? Ryan Mills. Yeah, but, Ryan Mills, why can't you win? <laughs> that's actually but
2: more. But you try to go onto a tabletop and off, you know, and, and these little technical sections where you've got to have some feel and some response from the back end, and there's nothing. You know, Supercross, whoops, where it's got to be able to, you know, working a certain part of the stroke, this thing, you either had it stiff enough where it was good on landings and didn't, you know, clank right through to your fender, uh, but then it wouldn't go through whoops. It would just, it was yeah. just like a rock, you know, and the back end would just skip across the tops.
1: Uh, I don't want to. Or spend you
2: had that. it a little plush where it would work okay in the woofs, but then you'd bottom out and literally blow the tire through the fender if you would landed hard.
1: Yeah, I don't want to spend too much time on it, cause, but uh, the, the link to me is why KTM's bikes can go forward. And if you talk to a, a Ross Maeda, who's much smarter than me, or any suspension guy that's much smarter than me, if you talk to one of my dogs, much smarter than me, they'll tell you that the link, you cannot copy a link feeling uh, without a link. And this is why, why again, I think their bike is going to move forward from here on out. I really believe it.
3: So, the other thing people are going to ask about is that they still have steel frames, but I, uh, it seems to me that that's more of a... People think on the outside, aluminum frame sounds cool, but they've taken so much rigidity out of the aluminum frame since Honda first started it. I don't know if that's really as big a factor. Yeah. What do you guys know on that?
1: No, you know what? It's it's lighter. The aluminum frame is lighter, and that's that's an advantage. But as far as rigidity, yeah, no, you, you can see the teams have been scaling back the size of their forks and their shock shafts for years, as well as, like you said, why, again taking rigidity out of it in the, for, in the form of triple clamps and things like that. Um, there was a limit there oh. where people were like, wow. well... they even
2: had to make a rule that you couldn't you couldn't polish frames anymore because people were, air quotes, polishing their frame down like a quarter of an inch to get it to flex more Yeah, in certain spots, so...
1: Yeah, no, so
2: uh, the there's, steel there's frame... There's guys who like the feel, even Langston will tell you, he likes the feel of a steel frame way better than, yeah. than any aluminum frame he's ever ridden.
1: Uh, uh, you can see KTM, I mean, I, I believe the WP forks, they're now 52s. Are they not, pink?
2: Yeah, I don't know. They, they look like VP gas drums. Most <laughs> of them are so just yeah. massive.
1: So they're just they're getting their uh, rigidity in the forks, and the Japanese are pulling back on the forks, and, and it's in the frame. It's just a different style of going about it. But um, all right. It's very Euro. It's very you know
2: sexy, man. <laughs> I,
1: I would do my accent, but it started sounding more like an East Indian accent than a Euro. Yeah, I don't three. know what yeah. I was just going with yeah. right there. That was.
3: Weird. Well, they
1: had an
2: Indian. I did you, know,
3: you go to work at my Austrian German accent. They did.
1: Actually, they did have an Indian working at. Uh, an <laughs> Indian running uh, the
3: program at one point. Maybe that's why he did. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I and I worked under that man for a couple of years. You see. Let me just tell you.
3: He's still traumatized, and the accent just seeps in. Yeah, yeah. You got your first victory for KTM with him.
1: <laughs> he wouldn't have been that bad, except for he was just a liar. That was the worst part of him. But anyways, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> okay. okay. Moving on. James Stewart to uh, JGR Yamaha. Uh, Wygant, uh, have at it. Those are your guys. Um, I'm surprised. I didn't see it coming. I knew they were going for him. I didn't see James going back to a Yamaha.
3: No, I didn't either. Um, I know that everyone said, you know, Suzuki, Suzuki, Suzuki with him. I, I think, it to me, it just all came down to um, with Yamaha, there was money and stability and a clear set offer on the table. And with no one else was there that. So that's <laughs> was what he put that? that's what is funny. I know that immediately sounds like, well, he went for the money, but I don't even mean, you know, one company offered him five million and the other offered ten. It was like everyone else was like going through their pockets looking for change, saying, Well, we got seventy five cents and hopefully we can find maybe some more money underneath the couch cushions where Yamaha was like, Here's your money, sign it now. It's three years set and after Everything he went through the last year with the team, I don't know, falling apart or him having to take it over, him wanting to take it over, I think he just wanted to say, I want a team and a brand that I know is going to be here. I don't have to worry about it falling apart. I don't have to run it. I can just race. So I think it was that against um, riding another bike. The thing I'm surprised at right now is all the great things they're saying about how different their Yamaha is going to be. And even though I'm friends with those guys, I mean, you've got to be suspicious. Um, Up until – Two weeks ago, three weeks ago, when he signed, did anyone consider that the JGR team was far superior to the the LNM team or whatever you want to call it that Stewart was on? And you know, in in one sense, Stewart's team was considered the high-level team, right? So the idea that all of a sudden he goes to JGR and their bike is several, several, several times better than what he was on seems a little strange to me. It all makes sense now because they have NASCAR connections and all that, but that stuff's easy to say. We're going to see if they really can make that bike work because it did seem like everyone around him thought, he's moving on, no way he's riding that, no way they can make that bike work. So we'll see. I
2: I, I would like to be able to sit down with James and be like, all right, what the hell happened here? Why why did things go south with him buying the team from Kranjak and Larry? and?" You know, was it just simply a financial decision like, well, okay, that's going to cost this much money, or instead of spending my own money, I can just sign here and actually make money?
1: Yeah, um, he never really... Uh, you know, I, I don't know. You know, I, do I, know. I,
2: I, I don't know if we'll ever know
3: the, r- the true answer to that. We'll get the politically, you know, correct answer. Press no, release they won't version, an, They won't even give a politically correct answer. I feel like all three have been asked, and all three won't, won't explain it at all. It's bizarre. Yeah, I would, well, yeah, yeah. a politically correct answer I'd almost be happier with than just a no answer.
1: Yeah, I don't really – I'm with you. Uh, you know, JSE was prominent on the semi and on the truck and, and all that, and something happened and some money didn't exchange hands that was supposed to or did money did it actually indeed exchange hands. I, I don't really know. Um, very strange deal. You know what I think is lost in all of this, Wigant? And uh, I'm interested to – we won't probably get to the bottom of this either during the year – I think the real, people love to talk about how the 2009 Honda wasn't a good bike, and it wasn't. Uh, The riders didn't like it. They love to talk about how um, everybody's, uh, they got it a lot better, and it's now one of the best bikes out there. But what's lost in all this is the complete lack of racing effort put forward by Yamaha to help anybody out. And JGR, uh, you know, God bless them, they've just been like, you know what, we don't need your help. We'll, We'll do what we can on our own. But let me tell you, there's nothing like, you know, having direct hands to the guys back in Japan who built the thing and designed it and engineered it. And I'm sure Yamaha will help JGR out in that regards with Stewart, but this is what Honda had. I mean, they they had guys, you know, directly uh, helping them that that designed the bike. And I I wonder, are the JGR guys, I mean, are they going to buy all that data acquisition stuff and format it and make it fit the new bike? And and download it and read it and hire somebody to to, uh, to 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 balance the bike out and put all those points on it that, that they use, um, I don't know if they will. I don't know if JGR will.
3: Well, they do some data acquisition. I guess the question is how much, like where yeah. does it compare to what Honda was doing? And I think you're right. you got to assume that there's, a, you know, 20 engineers over in Japan somewhere doing motos that we don't even know about two years in advance. Yeah. got to help.
1: Yeah, exactly, and there's there's some stuff that is big, big dollars um, that uh, the OEMs that we were doing at Yamaha that I saw, you know, I wasn't doing it because I wasn't smart enough, but some real engineers were, and I think that is the, where we're at with this Yamaha. I think Yamaha has let itself down in not investing in its racing program. You know, Valley Yamaha Motor Concepts, it was like, here guys, here's a GYTR head and put a pipe on it and, you know, give her shit. I, the real factory teams are, are doing what Honda was doing with that bike. And
2: well, well, and look, even look at what Honda's continuing to do. You know, instead of just throwing out some bikes and parts and saying good luck, like Yamaha has done, they have very close relationships with Reed's team. I mean, Lars worked at factory Honda. They, they worked very closely with them, coming up with settings. You know, now, now with uh, Brooks, Larry, Larry McBrooks's team, you know, they're same thing with Shorty. He, there, there's a, there's going to be a good line of communication there, and the things that work for you know any one of those guys, they're going to all be able to share and and pass around, and that bike's going to improve because of it. Yamaha doesn't have any of that. It's just like, you know, at, at least as far as I know, it, it doesn't seem like that there is. It's just yeah, here's bikes.
1: Yeah. Have fun. Yeah, and 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 I just wonder. Uh, JGR, if anybody can do it, it's the JGR guys. But I wonder how much effort they got a brand new bike with radically different uh, components and the way of thinking than everybody else. And I wonder how much of the problems of the Yamaha have to do with the fact that factory Yamaha really isn't around anymore. The days of Bradshaw are long gone. Um, well,
3: what's the role of um, you know Dan Rambert, who was Langston's mechanic at factory Yamaha, still goes to the races as a liaison? I bet Bob Oliver still does as well. And McCarty does. What is their? They are supposedly the factory liaison. So what do they do?
1: It's a great question. If you I mean, ask they, the they, JGR guys, I don't want. Yeah. Up until this year, they'll tell you not much. They well, really not will. For them,
3: but for Stewart's team, they were they were wearing L and M shirts or Sam yep. shirts.
1: Yep. Yep. And we'll, and it, and it's going to be interesting to see because I know from working at Yamaha, uh, very traditional thinking down there, very old school way of thinking for JGR. And Yamaha likes to have a lot of control on their bike. Ask Larry Brooks about that. Ask uh, Sergio from l and about that. They very much like to control this bike. For JGR to go and put show of forks, make their own lugs, and a JRI shock you know, built to the stock settings just blew me away. So now that Yamaha is all wrapped up in JGR with James Stewart, and I don't know how much financial they are, Is there going to be a butting of heads in that program? Is Coy Gibbs and Keith McCarty going to butt heads over the look of a Yamaha and what they can do to the Yamaha? Because, trust me, that's a big part of some tensions between past Yamaha race teams and and, and Yamaha factory itself. Very interesting questions.
3: Will Coy and McCarty leg wrestle? Will they... Uh,
1: they, they may, yeah,
3: they may. That would be interesting.
1: Um, you know, I, I, I just uh, I talked, I spoke, to, spoke to James last night, the, the new media friendly James Stewart, um, last night, and I said, hey, well, I asked him kind of about that, like uh, about Factory Yamaha and their their way of doing things, and he said, well, all, all I know is that I couldn't put black rims on my bike, but now Yamaha comes stock with black rims, so I'm all <laughs> good to run black rims, so. Um, Yeah, and on the
3: KYB thing, yeah, folks, if you're the folks listening, Yamaha's come with KYBs. Now, obviously, that's not the same forks that are on the race bikes, but they want you to see KYB stickers on the bike you can buy and KYB stickers on the bike that they race. Oh, yeah. But that's not going to be the case anymore. Uh, Now they're going to have us on the main bike, not the JGR team off to the side. So it's all very curious. I know on the outside it's very easy for people to say, they've got these NASCAR resources. And, man, I've taken a tour of that shop, and they can do – they can build triple clamps over there in about 30 minutes, Yeah, which other factory teams have to order them from Japan. I don't even know how long that takes, a month.
1: Well, they're but, all built now. They're they're all built uh, in America now to uh, specs that are provided by Japan.
3: Yeah, but they can literally test in one day right. and then decide, right. let's try this. Well, Okay, we'll go build them and have them ready tomorrow. You know what I mean? There are things they have on their side, but I think there's going to be a lot more to it than just they build NASCAR, they can fix anything.
1: Yeah. Um, so, anyway, so uh ping what do you is this move going to work that's what we're kind of getting at in the show what what do you think of the move is it i just look at it i mean i think it's gonna be better (laughs) but is it the answer i don't know you know you can watch
2: that bike This any anyone that's ridden that thing at the top level will tell you the exact same thing i I can't get the back end to stay you know right when i think i got it figured out the back end just you know does something you're not expecting and um that, that's really tough for guys to, to have any confidence because you're, you're constantly waiting for something weird to happen with the back end and the, the bottom line is will he be successful or not there will be, will depend on what they can figure out chassis wise to make that back end work you know and you and, and people get all spun around they think this the Yamaha is terrible because of what they've heard from a few guys the average racer you know shoot you go out and ride that thing as fast as they want, it's not going to be a problem. It's just when those guys push it, to that last ten percent that it takes to be on their level. Um,
1: I'll tell you, you know, they,
2: they've even said if they ride around at 90 percent, it's okay, it's fine. And when they start really trying to push to like put in a fast lap time, that's when it gets scary.
1: I'll tell you what. Uh, what does matter uh, to the guys at the very, very top level is weight, and that thing's heavy. Even factory race team ready, it's heavy. I bet you that thing. Eight Why? To, eight Why to, would it be heavier than eight to ten pounds more than a Honda factory bike?
3: Really? Yeah. Floor. It's, it's yeah. not The showroom floor. It's something like 12, 14 pounds. And these are the magazines. I think you actually weigh them. This isn't the yeah. claim dry weight you see I, on I, the I brochure.
1: I guarantee you, Honda is uh, is at the limit, and uh, or very very close, especially in supercars. And um, I would think the Yamaha, from what I hear, from what I know, is eight to ten pounds heavier. Mm. Yeah, that's no good. So that that's a difference. But, uh, you know, if anybody can work on that, that's money more than anything, and JGR's got it. So maybe, they'll, maybe they're going to work on that. Uh, Pay, or why So James Stewart just moves to another Yamaha team. Better, worse, the same results? What are we going to see?
3: Uh, I think it's going to be better for a couple of reasons. Um, again, he will not have to deal with any of the other things that were going on uh, last year. Um, And I know that he said, you know, in your podcast that, you know, when he got there at the races, he was still focused 100% on racing. But that seems crazy to think that that didn't have any effect whatsoever. Um, You know, running the team at the last moment, taking it, like, that just seems like a bit more of a distraction than anybody else had. So at least that's gone. Um, I think he's going to really like the guys he's working with because he's worked with them before, and it seems like they're getting on pretty well. So all that stuff's got to help make it better. As far as the bike, well – I would think, uh, the, the struggles he had, I can't think he's lying completely like he rode their bike and said, this is just as bad as what I had last or, year, but I'm still signing. Right. Um, so I, I guess the real question there is, how much better would it have been if he was on another brand, or was this actually just as good? That's really the difference.
1: That's the question. I believe right. I believe it was better. I really, truly believe that JDR's bike was probably better.
3: Yeah, I think so. Right. But was it as good as the other? You know, if, yeah. if Suzuki had been able to put a good enough offer together, I mean, part of me thinks there's a reason this deal took so long to get done.
1: Yeah.
3: And I would think he probably hopped into Suzuki, really liked it, and just was hoping that they could finally put the Moto, yeah. package together for him. But you know, and I don't. Well, I hate to say that because it's very easy for people, especially thanks to Chad Reed now starting his own team, it's very easy for people on the sidelines to say, "Well, if you want to ride a Suzuki, just make it happen." But You know, these are professional athletes. They don't work for free in other sports. It's not quite as easy as that sounds to just get a Suzuki and make it happen if that's what you want to ride. Yeah, this is Um, is their job.
1: uh, All right, let's. uh, Anything else about Stewart? You want to move on to the next? Anything else? Moving on. Okay, moving on. Moving on. on. Uh, Andrew Short uh, signs back with uh, Larry Brooks and uh, Jeremy McGrath. Back on a full factory Honda. So um, is this going to get Shorty back to his consistent top five or three level, again?
3: Well, it's going to be tough only because a couple other riders have come in. I mean, there is not as much room as there was if you have the same five guys that were up front last year up front again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at his best, you would still have to put Short behind those guys. Um, I think what's really curious about this move is, the way these teams have worked, they've created a bunch of different jobs. I was thinking about this today. You know that I think at one point Reed last year at this time was possibly just going to go to Team Honda, and he would have had the Josh Grant spot, and there wouldn't have been a 2-2 Motorsports. And if there wasn't a 2-2 Motorsports, um, Josh Grant wouldn't have been on Team Honda. Now Grant's gone. Now Justin Brayton's taken his place. That opened up a spot for Millsap jjr JGR. But Reed starting a team, with Brooks starting a team, with Cranack still in the game, it's unbelievable how many additional jobs have been created, and I don't know what the goals for these teams are. I mean, Brooks has always had the guy pretty much. Yeah. You know, they have a good guy with short, but I don't think Brooks is going in this year thinking he's going to win the Supercross championship. Mm-hmm. So it's very, very strange. What is the long-term goal of these teams?
1: I think to make money is a long-term goal.
3: Um, is, is that re- Like, that's where the sport is at. It's, I think it's if, not just we're, we're going to spend money and try to win because it's cool. Like, they really – there's money to be made.
1: I think with Brooks, I think he's getting that Sam Manuel deal. I don't know for sure, but I think he is. And uh, that's a pretty good chunk of change.
3: So if you're these outsider teams, not a factor. Is it is Sam Manuel staying, though? Because I,
2: I, you, you don't see it on any other stuff yet. You haven't heard any no, press release I know, I know, about I know. who's sponsoring that team. What's it called? Nothing. I know. And I saw Andrew Short today at Milestone. Plain fly gear, completely stock Honda. <laughs> Nothing but number 29 on it. That's it. I'm gonna text. That been strange to me. This late in the year, it's December, yeah. and and he
3: hasn't announced his sponsors yet. Honda put out um, a press release I think on Thursday or Friday last week saying who was riding for them. <clears throat> in the press release, the team was called LNMC Racing, which I thought was very <laughs> curious. The team
1: um, I would just, be called
3: LNMC Racing.
1: I just texted Brooks right now, asked him about oh. a PR. So he's
3: not gonna, he's not gonna be able to. <clears throat> No, anyway, I mean, it said more information point. will be coming right. on that team. Ping's shortly.
1: has got, got a great point. It's a little late, bro. You need to get this thing going.
3: But really, okay, so the outside the non factory teams, Reed's team, Brooks team, Kranjak's team, Gibbs team, these are mo- <laughs> these are potential money making ventures.
1: Uh, really? I believe I mean, why okay, if you're Jeremy McGrath and Larry Brooks comes to you and goes, Hey, buddy, remember all the good times we had? Hey, let's start a race team. Uh yeah. Let's burn, some through, let's burn through some of your money. I mean, it well, has but, to be a, a battle. You, you you
2: know, maybe, maybe they've got, you know, if that San money is still there, then maybe they can both find a way to draw salary. Well, that's, what from the year. that's what I'm, I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I'm telling you guys like Craniac, guys like, uh, you know, uh, Concept guy, they aren't making money. No, no, no. But That, that is a le- that is a losing proposition.
1: Hey, guys, thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com Racer X podcast show. It's that time. Time for a commercial. Thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com podcast show.
0: Please don't forget that BTO is the world leader in aftermarket motocross parts for the bike, our body. You'll find deals like a showy VFXW helmet for $309.99, 45% off, or Smith Piston goggles for $32.99, 65% off. Your order can be shipped anywhere in the USA for free, or
1: if you're not in the USA, we ship worldwide check it out at btosports.com
0: jt racing usa is back to reestablish its deep roots in the motocross industry with an all-new innovative line of racewear and casual wear while bringing many of jt's strongest design elements from its golden years back to life the racewear is constructed with the highest grade material on the market and has a technological fit feel and function that is sure to raise the bar in how motocross gear is being built JT has relaunched itself back into motocross with the Pro Tour jersey, classic pants, lifeline, and flex field gloves in eight colorways with an assortment of men's and women's casual wear to add to its collection. By redefining the meaning of airflow, JT has incorporated its airline system technology into this collection and is now getting set to launch its all-new ALS 2 helmet in seven colorways to complete the rebirth of the brand. The wait is over, so go visit your local dealer for more information, or log on to jtracingusa.com to find a dealer near you.
1: No, but I'm thinking like uh, you know, Mitch makes money. I think JGR uh, probably made money on their team. Um, he, I believe Coy told me they were finally starting to make some money this last year. Although now they lost Muscle Milk, so now they're sort of what's up with that? By the way, why again? Any rumors? Any anything you hear?
3: Um, I, don't- I think there were two things at play. First, it was dragging on so long, waiting on who they were going to get, where Muscle Milk eventually, Muscle Milk went to Team Honda, mm-hmm. you know, so they already had a team ready to go. The other problem was that with the Stewart thing, the, I think Muscle Milk said we're willing to work alongside Red Bull, but I believe Red Bull said nah, it's not going to work for us. So if you're a Muscle Milk, I think you were, you're you waiting on them either getting somebody really late or getting Stewart who you couldn't have. So, all right. What are you sticking around for?
1: Well, anyways, uh, yeah. So, Ping, I just think, like, if you're Brooks, you're saying to McGrath, hey, I got this sponsor. I need some help. and some. We need your Honda connections and my sort of sponsorship, and we can make a little bit of money out of this. Or maybe in year two and three we can make a little bit of money on this. But you're right. The Mike Genova, uh, not making money from, from racing.
2: In, you know, a lot of it. God bless them, a lot of it is they want to be involved in the sport. They want to, they love it, you know. That it's, it's, it's just a hobby that they're passionate about. And I think even in, even in Jeremy's instance, you know, he's, um, the, the car racing thing, man, money's got to be drying up over there. And what's he going to do? You know, he's probably going, you know what, I mean, I love this sport. This is what I'm all about. I'll let me be involved, you know. Uh, I, I would I would find it very difficult to believe that he put some of his own money in it. Uh, Just uh, telling Jeremy, but.
1: Would, do you think Troy Lee made a money? Made profit?
2: Paid? No. No, absolutely not. They've still, they to this day, been spending money.
1: They look well-funded from the outside. West Coast only. Uh, some big money, big name sponsors, anyways. Well, Seagrist. Seagrist. Uh sure. Uh, you know, uh, Lucas Oil and Adidas and Red Bull all look pretty impressive. Uh, and silly brands. So, so, silly bands. And those are,
2: those are good sponsors, but it's expensive, man. It's, right. you know, million, million and a half bucks. Do it right. That's not including buying a truck and, uh. you know, all that junk. So, mm-hmm. you know, Troy's still been, when I was there, uh, I don't think it's changed too much. He was still spending a couple hundred grand a year of his own money. And they write that off to advertising and marketing. Yep, that's, yeah, that's yep. what it is to them. It's a the marketing tool.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's move on. We've only covered uh, three guys: <laughs> um, Josh Grant, Kyle Chisholm, to to Mike Kanyak, Jeff Ward Racing. Um, I'm confused. I- a little, I'm, I'm confused a little bit about this. There's no way Jeff Ward put money into his, this team out of his own pocket. Getting back to that, right? Is there no way? No, I don't think so. No. Okay, I mean we, Wardy, you know, we kind of know him a little bit. It, it, and you know him really well. So why does Kranick go to Ward and maybe even pay him a salary? Like, where, where, where did this come up from? What, what happened to get? Well, I, again, I think Ward
2: is the same deal. His truck racing deal is kind of fizzling. That whole that whole sport, there's just not enough money to support it. And he's going, man, I need to do something. It, it, you know, it, it's immediate credibility for that team to have Jeff is, Ward. Is that what it is? Is an what- operator. Is that Absolutely. what Kraniak, If it's Mike Kragniak running the team, I don't care how many times you said, no, this was part of L&M, people would be like, eh. Okay. You know, at, at Riders, oh, you're going to ride for Mike Kragniak's team. Mike who? I mean, Ben Townley called me and went, hey, who's Mike Kragniak? I'm like, well, you right, know, right. here's who he is. Like, they don't know. So having Wardy there, you've immediately got credibility. You've got a guy who knows how things work, and, you know, you feel like, okay, he could help me. Right. and
1: you know, he
2: can. So,
1: Yeah, okay. All right, I'm just, yeah, it's cool. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I guess kind of like the same way with J-Law Racing, when you knew you were going with J-Law Racing. You knew what you were going (laughs) to (laughs) get. You knew. You got instant credibility. Instant sort of uh, uh, panache, let's call it. Um, uh, Chisholm, Grant, how are they going to do, Ping? I don't know.
2: I, I think Grant's got the potential, he's got the speed. Like, he's actually got it under the hood to be a podium guy. If everything goes awesome between now and January 8th or whatever it is, he could hit some podiums next year.
1: Really? Yeah?
2: I, th- yeah? I think he's got that. He's got that speed. Okay. W- will he stay healthy? Will everything, right. you know, line up? Because for your head to be in the game to do that, it's, a lot of things have to fall into place. It's right. such a big puzzle. But I think Chisholm will be – Chisholm, he's going to be solid. He'll be top ten, like, on the regular. I think he's going to like that bike a lot better than what he's been riding. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I think
3: you'll see him between fifth and tenth, like, a lot. Right. Uh,
1: Wiggett? Wiggett, what do you think?
3: Yeah, I talked to Chisholm uh, last night about the team. And one big difference between this team and, say, the Brooks team, the two new teams that have started or have come back, whatever you want to call it, I don't believe they have any – Connection factory wise to Kawasaki, right? Um, I mean, I think they're getting some bikes, but I don't even know if that's from Kawasaki. Chisholm didn't even know. But this is our well,
2: Wardy implied that they were going to get some help
3: at some level. At some level, right. But, I don't think it's the same as where Short's bike or Reed's situation would be.
1: Dude, it's Jeff Ward. How could Cowie not give him something? Jeff Ward.
3: Well, yeah, I know, but that's unfortunate that what happens to those te- these teams, it's the same problem that Cowie had with. Your buddy on the uh, pulp show on Monday nights when he's calling Kawasaki out for not helping Hart and Huntington, and Cowie's pretty much saying, Well, we would love to help you, but we just, just because you start a team, we might like you and we might think it's a great idea, but we can't, we can't, we can't come up with 10 bikes. We just don't have it. Right. You know, so um, this thing started a little late. I, I'm sure they're on Cowie's for a reason. You're right. With Ward's Connection, they have to pick that bike because they know they can get something, but I don't think it's going to be, you know, another factory team, whereas Reed right. and uh, Brooks essentially do have that. Uh,
1: Ping, do you see Wardy as uh, going to the – I mean, do they have a manager? Paul DeLaurier, right? From what I know. You
3: know what? I'm not sure. Is, is that who's doing it? I, do you, well, yeah, Ping, do you see – Paul's team manager. Okay. Uh, Chisholm did tell me that, yeah.
1: Ping, do you see Wardy really going to the races all the time, being right into it and, and doing all that? You, you...
2: Um, I think he'll go to – I haven't heard from him directly, right. but my guess is he would go to everything west coast. You know, handful of the nationals, but not all of them. Not a lot of East Coast rounds would be my guess.
1: Okay. All right. Uh, um, um, uh, I don't know. It depends. If he's
2: enjoying it and the team's doing well, he, you know, um, he might just go.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. So I think uh, I think Chisholm's on a rise. I think he's going to do well. I, I'm I'm a Kyle Chisholm guy. Pumped on. Uh, you know, I think he's a good guy and a good rider. And he works hard and he wants to get better. You know, he doesn't just. Uh, doesn't just, isn't just, you know, hey, look at me, I'm collecting checks, sweet. Um, you know what I mean? I believe he really does try to get better and better. So, um, but Josh Grant's got some serious talent. So, almost if you, like, mix them together, you'd have a really great rider. Um, but anyways, uh, Millsaps to JGR. Um, I I saw this coming at all time but then at one point, he uh, was, J-Bone, being the ever-candid Jeremy Albrecht, said, Yeah, he wants too much money. He thinks he's worth way too much money. We're going to move on.
3: Hey, when I was at the shop the day that they had the Stewart press conference, people were saying that like a few days earlier, Millsaps had straight up packed up his house and left North Carolina because it was done. Yeah. Not going to happen. Yeah. Um, But I have heard since, uh, now that they've got him back, they said he came back and uh, they said he's lost like 30 pounds or something like that. And they're really excited because, look, like he's working hard. And they're pretty much going to sidestep the whole training, living in North Carolina thing for both. Oh, I yeah. I think they've decided yeah. that that's just not – it's just not going to work. Um, you're, first of all, with Stewart, there's no point. You know, he's not going to do that. not going to live here in Huntersville in my neighborhood. And, <laughs> like he's, he's got a pretty good deal going down in it's, Florida, and so does Millsap. Why
1: get and Stewart's scrabble days Wednesday nights?
3: Right, right, dude. Like, those guys got a program. But – um. I do have to say, hearing in November that Millsop lost a whole bunch of weight—that's uh, like uh, you can set your clock by it. Every year, the guy—he should be 100 pounds. Every year, he comes in losing a whole bunch of weight. Yeah, there'll be nothing left uh, of
2: him. I, I, am I? Am I the only one that's just—and I have nothing against Davey. He's a nice enough kid. I'm like so sick of, of hearing that. Like, oh, this is it. He's got it figured out. He just—he figured out he's got to just try his hardest. That's what I'm I guess saying. I get the it's same thing. You're garbage. like, what? Yeah. What you mean he figured it out? You just got to try hard. I mean, are you kidding me? Yeah. I don't know. I, he's just so talented. He keeps getting these opportunities. But then you just watch him ride around out there with absolutely no passion, no heart, and you're just like, what are you doing, dude? I,
1: I thought he was better this year. I thought he was. Maybe because he was riding for a contract. I don't know. But I thought he was better. And
2: he just had so many good can... people helping him. I mean, and it's just, I don't know. If, if, if a guy doesn't want it himself, you can't, there's nothing you can do. There you, there's no one you can put with him to make him want it. And I feel like he just – because he's totally got – that guy's so talented, you know? Right. If he wanted it as bad as Ricky wanted to win races, he would be winning races.
1: Well, at this point, I don't think the zebra is going to change his stripes.
3: You know what I mean? This That's is,
2: what I'm saying. Yeah. That's why it, when
3: right. I heard he went down. I was like, wow, really? Right. All right. <laughs> All right. I mean, I will say, though, for them throwing all the chips onto Stewart and it was like, we don't even know who else we're going to get. We're just working on Stewart right now. They come up with a pretty good guy to be their second guy when, you know, they didn't even know if they'd have money for right. that. You know what I mean? Like who, that.
1: Who, uh, good. who does better, again? Josh Grant or David Millsaps? Who does better?
3: Yeah, I want to do like a career comparison chart between those two. Because right. if you look at them like five or six years, one guy's up, one guy's down, then they meet in the middle. It's really hard to say who's been better throughout their career.
1: Um, well, wow, I, think, I think without a doubt you say Millsaps. He won uh, 450 Supercrosses, four or five of them now. Mm-hmm. Josh Grant's got one, which was obviously a very dramatic, and, and, but you know, let's, let's remember how it happened, whereas Millsaps is straight up ones them.
3: Yeah, that's true. If you look at it, I guess, <coughs> statistics-wise, but if you were to say who's the better rider, yeah, yeah, who's yeah, the better yeah. guy, yeah. if you're a team and you have both of them available, which right. essentially was the case, right. who do you pick? Well, I don't know.
1: What do you think, Ping? Who do you pick? Both guys sitting there. Both guys all tattooed up. Both guys. Oh, my
3: gosh. That's so hard. I I don't know. <laughs> it's so tough to pick between
1: them. They're like the same guy, right? Kind of? Sort of?
2: I, I think that at least Josh Grant, um, I mean, when he goes out there, he gives you everything. Like, you know what I mean? He might crash his brains out and He gets hurt but. with more regularity than you'd like to see. But I feel like Davey just sort of kind of goes, Ugh. Uh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> right. I just don't see him, like, really trying, where at least Grant, I feel like he does. You know, he fights for it. Okay. So I go, but, it, man, there'd be a whole lot of stipulations with either one of those guys. If, right. If I was a dude offering them a job and they really needed a job, I'd be like, okay. <laughs> Step number one. Metal militia is out. You know, all the all the distractions and beating, because those guys both just, it could be so good,
1: man. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, both of them are poster children for too much, too soon, too much money, too much uh, given to them too soon, not ready to handle it.
3: Chisholm told me something very interesting. I talked to him yesterday. Chisholm wasn't even on the elite; like he was on some level of that motorsport Kawasaki team, which was but an elite Mitch's team when he was in alliance right right? Right. Yeah, he said his salary then, I think in 07, which was his first pro year, was six figures and better than any salaries he had since. Mm-hmm. So that will give you an idea of how much more money was floating around.
1: Yeah, and Chisholm was literally number 38, uh, right. another Light Spike guy.
3: Yeah. Yeah, so in that same year, Grant and Millsaps being potentially the next guy. Can you imagine? The kind of money that they were getting when they were, you know, just starting out.
2: Yeah, that's crazy how it, it just ballooned at one point. So that I never in my career made six figure salary.
1: Never. Really? Yeah. Even KTM wasn't six figures. No. Nope. nope. Hmm. Wow. wow. I mean, I still the remember. only guys the only guys that did like, kind of sixty thousand
2: for a good guy. That was the standard thing. That's what she got like his first year with Honda. You know, that was kind of like right. And then. Sometime around, like, Sellards, Casey Johnson. Casey Johnson, $100,000. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it,
2: and it just – it I, seems like it just kept climbing every year more and more and more until the – I can
1: still picture where I was when Tom Moen from KTM told me that we signed David Pingree. Um, and I was like, really? Like, he's good. Like, he he's really going to ride a KTM? Really? Um, And, and I, so I figured they threw a lot of dollars at you, you know?
2: Yeah, well, it was everything was full. You know, there wasn't a whole lot of options that
1: year. So okay, uh, moving on, Jimmy Albertson. Um, and right away, ping. I want to get to this. Did you say that if you had a gun to your head and you'd have to sleep with a pro rider, you would sleep with Jimmy Albertson? Is that true? Are we going to relive this? Really? This this came up yesterday. I had Jimmy on the, on the Pulp Show, and. I didn't. I don't listen to the MXS, so I didn't hear it. But is that true, or is that just sort of an exaggeration?
2: No, this is, you know, Eiser and Kevin Kelly like to just be a little weird sometimes. They do. <laughs> they they certainly was a do. This question. It was like, and trust me, I didn't want to answer it. <laughs> but he said, no, look, I already said Portelli. I would sleep with Portelli. And I'm like, dude, that is so gross. I mean, he's a handsome man. He I'm is. not going to deny good-looking that. good-looking man. Good how hairy man. is that guy? Yeah. Like you're gonna get down with some of that hair, like I don't know, man. <laughs> I said I'd have to find me like a Scandinavian-looking dude with real light, <laughs> fine hair. So I just,
1: you know. So G- Jimmy's, very, I, Jimmy's very, Jimmy's so very excited. I was
2: like Andrew Short, you know, right. Jimmy Albertson, and and this is what I told either this, and I he called me later and I was laughing about it. I said, dude, that question spun me out so bad because I didn't want to answer it, but then you made me. And here's the worst part: is later that night I was sitting there in bed thinking, no, no, no I should have said Will Hunt. No. Say, oh, huh. <laughs> 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 like I'm three thinking a better answer for that.
1: But uh, well, Jimmy's very excited that you that you picked him. I mean, not that he's yeah. gonna gonna pr- pr- proposition you, but he just he's pumped that he made your list. You know, so.
2: <laughs> hey, speaking of Jimmy, he came bought a part for his bike the other day, and he had his girlfriend with him. Uh huh. She's fashion mate. You, you you can't compete. A
3: nice bird, that you're saying. Put a British spin on it. Yeah, you she can't know Georgia at all. She's cool.
1: She actually yeah, sti- yeah. she slept over here.
3: Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Jimmy.
1: Her and Jimmy slept over here uh, 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 one night. Uh, a couple after the Monster Energy Cup.
3: Oh, she shut is up, the, Watson. Um, Aaron Bates of the GPS, correct? She, she's right here. Listen. Seriously, shut up now, Watson. She's still there. Europe doesn't like Kenny Watson.
1: Yeah, I got, her, oh, I got her to, shut
3: up, Watson. I got her to just
1: record some sound drops for the show.
3: Oh, with the Brit accent.
1: Yeah, very clever of me, huh? Um No, anyways, let's go. Let's let's move this thing along. Okay. Enough about go who ahead. you'd sleep with and, and birds. Um birds. for the record I'd sleep with Tortelli. Uh uh but and I wasn't even okay, who? Tortelli, hey, who? Tortelli. Yeah. I wasn't even asked, but You would? I, you're not worried about the hair. I don't see the hair, dude. I don't know. I've never seen him really with his shirt off. I don't really know.
2: He's, man, he's got like the five o'clock shadow at 10 in the morning
1: and yeah, yeah he's sort of suave plus he's foreign he's a little myst- mysterious you know
2: you know he would smell nice you can look at him just go he smells good uh, okay
3: you. enough enough <laughs> I, Ping, giving the Frenchman the credit for for smelling good <laughs> right well Sebastian he's like as clean and classy as they come yeah hey, he's very you know, he's classy, he's very Taco
2: classy. or well, I don't know whatever they you want, run over there uh, he's got something. He's drenched in
1: it. Jimmy Albertson's got a uh, Butler Brothers BTOsports.com ride. You like how I mesh that in there? Uh, how's will. he going to do, though? You know what? W- w- funny thing is, for the first time in Jimmy's pro career, and he went-, went to Europe for a year, he was injured last year in Supercross. He had a Troy Lee Designs year, uh, ride for half the year. For the first time in Jimmy's career, he's going to be on the same team all season, and I think that'll help. Can you- is-, is, this- is he a top ten guy every weekend, Ping? <sighs> I don't know. I hope
2: so. I love I love me some Jimmy Albertson, but I don't know. This is really gonna be a tough year, man. Um, I would say I would say he'd be around tenth a lot. Yeah. Um But well, I, it's just really hard to say 'cause I we didn't get to see him ride supercross last year in the big
1: class. Right. Um If you're if you're uh, if you're B M X, is this a good move? I mean is this Oh, I think so. what I told them was like I was selling Jimmy on them a little bit, and I said, listen, the guy gets a lot of media attention. He's a good guy. If you need him at a dealership signing, if you need him to test, if you, he's just going to do it. And I think that's yeah. worth something in this day and age. Payne, you work yeah. with some guys that, well, all your guys seem pretty cool, but you know what I mean. Like, no drama and, and being reliable and a good guy counts for something.
2: And he's very, very hardworking. And, you know, I think... I think and maybe it's just because we haven't seen him ride a lot of Supercross, but outdoors, he's going to be solid, especially if he's on a bike that he likes and he's getting along with and it's working well.
1: Right. You could see him inside the top ten a lot, even
2: if it's just through attrition. He's fit and he's, you know.
1: Well, what do you think? Why got a, a, what do you think of the move?
3: Well, I'm glad they got someone that will actually go the extra mile on that scumbag JT they have riding for him, who you know won't do a damn thing. <laughs> Wow! Do they have that? Wow. I think they have that. That freeloader. I think, yeah, I think they have that role fairly well filled. I mean, thing if we couldn't get a hold of you today, I think we would have texted JT and had him on this podcast within about nine
1: seconds. Yeah.
3: So yeah. they, the, the only team that can topple them in the the media department is, of course, this juggernaut over at Honda that they're building right now. Yes. Yes. So, yes. Between Reed, Brayton, Kennard, and Short, man. I, I,
1: w- listen with uh, with Jimmy's uh, bird that he's got there. And then okay. uh, Michael Berner's wife, she, she's easy on the eyes. Might be, a, you know, might be a team that you have to hang out with a lot this year. Might be, might be a good year to hang out over at the Butler Brothers tent. Yeah, we just hopefully JT gets somebody, you know, and <laughs> <laughs> hopefully he got work all
3: the angles. work he, all the angles. Hopefully he finds a life
1: a life partner soon, and it could be a really good.
3: You know, we need
1: team. to talk to uh, Forrest and
2: those guys about hiring Les Smith because Le- if you throw in his girl. Oh, Boom. yeah, yeah.
3: It's like a Victoria's Secret runway show over there.
1: We could kick JT out, yeah, and get Les Smith. Mm-hmm. I like it.
3: Yeah, that's better than what Harden-Huntington had when Harden-Huntington was going out and just, like, purchasing chicks from Vegas to dance on poles in the pits. Like, <laughs> they can still <laughs> topple that.
1: right? Uh, but, again, from a rider move, and quickly we're going to move this thing along, uh, what do you think of the Albertson signing? You like it?
3: Yeah, I think it's really good for him. Um, like you said, just having some stability. I mean, how many years has that guy been stuck? Oh, uh, uh, so I'm going to have to get in a van and go to the race on my own, <laughs> yeah. and then he gets picked up. I mean, right. that's great. Plus, everyone seems to say good things about Suzukis, and we'll mm-hmm. see. I mean, they, they are, do have JGR working on their bikes, which is a new thing for right. JGR and for them. They seem pumped for now, but everybody's pumped in November, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, one guy who I believe turned them down, and I, know, I can't clarify that for sure, but who, who just going his own way is Tommy Hahn, Ping. He just bought yeah. Hondas, Tommy Hahn. Um, bought Hondas, putting them in the uh, Rock River truck. Or no, uh, sorry, Rockwell watch truck. Too many rocks. And uh, oh, he told me
3: today. I just interviewed him today. He said he's, right now he's just putting it in a van.
1: Oh, okay. All right. All right. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and, and he just he's just doing Hondas. Uh, I don't like this move for Tommy. I don't like it. But maybe he knows something huh? I don't.
2: He's going to spend a lot of money. I mean, the sad part is for a guy like that, You've got to have an amazing year to even break even. Right? I mean, the money you're going to spend on gosh, uh-huh. parts and just gas and airline tickets, man, it's, it's crazy how fast it adds up.
1: Yeah.
3: He really had an offer from
1: Yeah. The team? Yeah. I'm pretty sure he had an offer with a salary. I'm pretty sure that Albertson got his offer that he turned down. Wow.
3: Yeah. Um, well, the the just, way Tommy was putting it was I didn't have anything, so I could have just given up. Or I could try this for a year. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. If it does, it does. Hey, I'll give it a shot.
1: He had some. No, he had he had hmm. this. I mean, I'm pretty sure he just chose not
3: to do it. Interesting. Um, that leaves one other guy. There's one other guy out there, which is Regal.
1: Well, uh, yeah, um,
3: I think Regal is still hoping that there will be an Andrew Short teammate.
1: I believe so. Um, no text. But back I don't from,
3: think it's going to happen.
1: No text back from Larry Brooks yet. By the way. Oh, well. really? Um, but, uh, I, I, yeah, if you're Kyle Regal, I know Butler Brothers, you know, he wrote for them at the end of the Nationals, and I know they were interested in bringing him back. So I'm not sure what happened there. It's like Butler Brothers was, like, waving a um, contract around for, you know, salary. It's, it's a salary deal. So Is JT not going back there? Yeah, he's he's there. Oh, he's there. Okay.
2: So they got three guys.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Regal's a question mark for Supercross, I think. I don't think he did – Anything with the L&M team that really, you know, kind of kind of made me be like, wow. Like, I think, wow, I guess Jimmy's the same way. But uh, to me, Tommy's got both those guys covered in super costs.
3: Right? Really, if you look at the results they've all had, I think you got to put Tommy ahead of both of them. You know, even outdoors, Tommy has won a national, actually, before. I know Regal has had a couple of good races. Yeah. But yeah. Um, it is a little curious to me that, that he ended up out on his own. So, yeah, maybe you're right. I guess he was just – it was his decision.
1: Yeah, yeah, very, uh, very weird. Um, uh, Josh Hansen to H uh, and H. There's a silly season move, and it's been a long time coming, but you know it's official. So uh, Josh Hill too. I mean, geez, you can look at Josh Hill as being a new signing. You know, Um yeah. Those two things can work. They're either going to work great, or it's going to blow up. Hill won't be healthy, and Hanny will be Hanny. I don't. You seen Hill lately? Because, you know,
2: I, you see a video once on him, but then I heard he had another surgery. And, man, I don't know, dude. He It was bad. You know, you see him walking. He looks like he just got hurt. Right. And yeah. Annie I saw today at Milestone, never even saw him put more than a couple laps together.
1: Right.
2: And you can see he's still got the talent, but he, he doesn't look anything like.
1: I heard, uh, I heard from somebody at the Cali track that he's not. He's not putting – I mean, it could be just people who want to be like, ah, I'm at this, you don't like him, and I'm going to talk shit. Uh, who knows? But I heard from somebody at the Cali track, he ain't putting down motos and motoing down. No. He's not. No,
2: it, he doesn't look like – he didn't look like he has been. All right. So,
1: uh, According to his team manager, Kenny Watson, uh, Hill will be on the line at A1. So, that's. I mean, that's all I can go off of, you know. Mm. But uh,
3: – um, We actually do know what he's been through. We actually know <laughs> what Hill's been through. <laughs> we that's do. Different.
1: Hill <laughs> – uh, I like Josh. I think he's a good guy. I'm not sure if he's a big fan of myself. I think he's just nice to me because he, he thinks that I'll just talk shit on him if he's not nice to me. But, Which is mostly accurate. Uh, no, not, not really. Not really. <laughs> you, you liar. No, what do you mean? No. I mean, I don't care. Like if you're you ride a hater, dude. If, if, you, if you ride good, I'm going to ride you row good. If you ride bad, I'm going to ride you real bad. You know what I mean? It doesn't really matter whether you're, you're nice to me or not. But if you're nice to me, maybe if you rode bad and you're dealing with a wrist injury, you can be like, Mathis, dude, I jacked my wrist up. And I'll be like, hey, he's dealing with some injuries. You know what I mean? So it's only it's only to your helpful benefit to actually speak to the media. That's all.
2: You're a, you're a hater.
1: Okay. All right, Kenny. Um, <laughs> uh, I think I he'll. I mean, I, I like Josh. Uh, he's got some talent. He can he can do something if he can get this back, right? Right, Ping. I mean, he's he's got serious talent. Yeah,
2: man. You well, you remember the last it, people? You forget this so fast, but he was healthy.
1: Yeah. He was, well, he well, he was tied for the points lead after three races, right? Yeah, right man, he was the uh. points leader. This
2: is a guy who was like <clears throat> battling with James and, and Ryan Dunche. He was legit, and then there something weird happened. I, I wish I could get a straight answer from him too. Like went down middle mid season that year, Atlanta. Because remember, he got real skinny, and he just started looking not well.
1: Yeah, well,
2: remember that, and then his results kind of he got, buckled. he and, got
1: mad at me because he was riding with bad ribs, and he kept hurting them and I'd be like I don't know why you didn't put a chest protector on like seriously you got bad ribs put a chest protector on yeah and he just refused to tell me that that would help and I'm like okay alright cool all right, it's not gonna help <laughs> padding and a piece of plastic won't help your ribs keep doing what you're doing with a jersey on I don't know yeah no the jersey will protect you yeah that cotton I mean that's you know that's <laughs> solid um, what about uh, last guy uh, let's touch on the lights guy Mookie to JDR, Mookie Fever. Why, Gant?
3: Oh man, that's a great, that's a great move. That guy to me was so over what his stock was coming in. If anyone has yes. raised their their yeah. stock price, because he okay, he was a rookie, and I don't think he came in with the same level of hype as Gannon Audette or Jason Anderson or no. guys like that. But no. there's no doubt that he was the best of the, any of the rookies. No doubt, and. You know, it's easy to say, "Oh, he's fast; he just needs to hold it together." But after the first couple of nationals, he was going eight, eight, seven, seven, nine, yeah. nine. I feel like he even got it together. So, I mean, sky is really the limit there. And that's—I don't know what exactly that team situation is. I mean, to me, it would seem like a lot of people were going after him, and that's a relatively new team. So, how they ended up with someone who I would think would be pretty high up on the list is impressive. But I know that they—they they have some money. They're—they're they're looking to. Make a splash, so yeah. great fit all around. I think.
1: Yeah, I like it. Um,
2: I, I, I was like surprised it. that he signed that so soon. That was a pretty early announcement. You know, maybe yeah. he had a list of okay, Mitch factory connection, this team, whatever, and there was no spots, so that was the next best thing, and he just did it. But yeah, like you like you said, man. I mean, it seems like there's. <laughs> I don't know. It seems like I don't want to say bad things about that team. I think it's run well and stuff, but. I don't know.
3: Surprising that he just did it so quick. You know, we had discussed this like way back during—I don't know, six or eight months ago. We said, you know, is it almost hurt him knowing that you're going to bring, you know, the secrecy of Big James and the whole situation in? Like your your team is going to get caught up in that. Like if things go crazy for James, you're now connected to that. So I asked a couple team managers, and you know what they all said? Pretty much that. No, it's a huge upside because the amount of attention your team's going to get because you're the team that has James Stewart's brother um, is huge, especially for a lights team that's right. struggling for attention. So, again, I think that's even more stock Oop. for him. I'm surprised it worked out this way. The
1: one thing I wonder about is he had a pretty much a done deal, signed, not signed, but a done offer from uh, Star Racing Omaha. And he basically, because of a conflicting sponsor, which I believe to be Oakley, you know obviously with Scott it's not going to work out um Scott's not going to be like oh yeah you can wear our gear but wear Oakley goggles um he just said no he turned them down and to me i mean uh i've certainly made fun of star racing and um uh you know over the years and i i think star uh, their bikes seem pretty good and i wonder what the commitment is from mookie and family if he's doing that that's all i just uh you know like, it, like it, in my career, if it's me, I'm doing anything I can to progress upwards in terms of results, rides, bikes, et cetera, et cetera. And I wonder why he's not doing that. Got got to look cool in glasses, man. Okay. All right. <laughs> you know, Scott's glasses are lame. Yeah. That's just it. I mean, they so. don't make over the tops like hopefully <laughs> does. <laughs> what happened to the? I want to wear those. If I had a – I would run those if I had a pair. No? Nothing?
2: No. Okay. Right. You'd look awful in those.
1: No, I wouldn't. I'd look like, yeah. like a no, slightly...
2: Nobody, you would look absolutely ridiculous. I would look like a
1: slightly heavier version of, like, probably Clooney or Brad Pitt.
2: All right. Well, I'm going to get you a set then because I really want you to look like that. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much. Um. All right, guys. Anything else? Why, again? Did we miss um, anybody?
3: Yeah, I don't know. Is there any other... Uh, big moves in the lights class that are worth. Uh, uh. Not, not really any uh, major moves like that. Although, did I not read in Racerhead just days ago, David Pingry has now taken over the engineer's, uh chair on the Jason Anderson Express.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: are you going to? I'll tell you what.
1: Me. I'll tell you what he uh, says. I am.
2: I'm on the. I'm on the bus, dude. The <clears throat> freaking bandwagon. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, you may have to come to me every week for the updates because I'm gonna be watching. Wow, well,
1: whatever you do, Pink, don't go up to him and be like, "Is it? Is this the week it's on?" It's, don't, <laughs> don't even like, don't even go there.
2: I'll do it much more quietly. Yeah, I just, uh, you know, may, maybe I'm way off, and when the when the it's time to perform, he won't. But, but wow, man, I I remember watching him last year. I'm like, yeah, you know, he's pretty good. But he looks really good, like really, really comfortable, super, super flowy, and just on it and they're doing motos. Like, he's been putting work in. So, I don't know. I mean, he can knock out a 20-lapper right now at speed, no problem. So, there's, there's not a ton okay. of guys that could do that at this point.
1: All right. Well, hey, uh, thanks both of you guys to uh, for doing this. We finally got our schedules together. Uh, appreciate it. Btosports.com, RacerX podcast show, uh, Silly Season Talk. Uh, thanks to both of you jerkies, and uh, let's not try to make it so long next time.
3: Anytime, except most of the time. I'm willing
1: to do it. (laughs) Anytime, except most of the time. Got it. Right on. Thanks, guys. See you, boys.
3: See ya.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of The Steve Mathis Show. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to find the more than 200-episode archive or get the Pulp MX app for your iPhone for the complete Pulp MX fix.